Now, I was in a good mood. That's some past tense shit right there. I was in a good mood until... uh, Are you fucking kidding? I was in a good mood until I... mob stormed into the capital. I was in a fine mood until a group of maniacs thought that they were going to reverse the results of the election by storming into the capital and letting Congress know you got it wrong. Honestly, help me out. What was their goal? Please help me out. They all assemble. Then they storm in to the Capitol building, get right on the Senate floor, head on into a bunch of offices that they're not supposed to be in, taking selfies, acting like it's the Revenge of the Nerds scene where their fraternity Lambda 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 goes into Betty's sorority as all the ladies are showering and just having a blast with the Mission Impossible theme going dent 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 But this is real life. This was not Revenge of the Nerds with Lambda, Lambda, Lambda storming into a sorority. This was a little different. This was a little bit different. This wasn't politics. Now, this story doesn't fall under the category of politics. Well, if I could just talk about some politics for a moment. No, this ain't politics. This is some horror movie nightmare bullshit. Politics. The word politics. Can we focus on the word politics for a second? It basically just means governments creating policies. The decisions that go into creating laws and rules and policies that will impact a large amount of people. Politics. Just think policy. So sure, when you talk about immigration laws and gun control and funding Planned Parenthood, and welfare programs, and the legalization of marijuana. When you talk about things like that, that's politics. Yeah, politics. You talk about campaigns and elections too, that's politics. But when you dress up like a Viking and storm into the Capitol, that story's not politics. That story's just disgusting. I mean, seriously. There's so many layers to it. I mean, I could easily point the finger at the top. I actually don't want to get too into it because this story has about 300 subcategories that we could jump into. But just the first moment where you were alerted to what was happening and whatever news source you had, you're just scrolling through it online or maybe you turned on the TV or heard it on the radio or maybe got a text from a friend. But you know that feeling? That feeling is no fucking way. What? It's confusion, right? You go, what? And then you go, okay, yeah, I guess I could see this. Like It's not totally unexpected. But when it's just unfolding in front of your eyes, you just get that sick feeling like, what the, what the hell have we become? Look at this ugliness just rise to the surface. And then it impacts the rest of your day. Or I guess I'm speaking for myself, impacts the rest of my day. And it was a good day. I was actually having good Zooms with the students, have some great kids this semester. I can already tell. It's going to be a good semester, whether we're on Zoom or in the classroom. I'm going to make it good. Got the right attitude. I got the right 2021 attitude, feeling uplifted, 
feeling positive. And then my buddy Brandon texts me, are you watching? Are you aware of what's happening to our government? That members of Congress are on the floor being directed to get on the floor. A woman was shot and killed at the Capitol. Now that story I kept Googling. I wanted more details. It was very vague. You would hear the news updates. An angry mob has stormed into the Capitol today and a woman is shot. You're like, wait, what happened to her? Who shot her? And I still don't know. She was just standing on a windowsill, jumped in, got shot. I have not confirmed. This is a very empty news report. No confirmation of who shot her, but killed. Lady woke up this morning, thought, I'm going to that rally. I'm storming the Capitol. We're going to create some mayhem and make sure our guy, Trump, gets another four years. I mean, really, was that their mindset? Somebody please answer that question. What was their goal? If their goal was to make the news, congratulations. If their goal was to scare a lot of people in Congress, congratulations. If their goal was to do something historic or intimidating or memorable, I guess they can check a lot of boxes. These sad, pathetic fuck faces. They could check a lot of boxes of what they accomplished today. But really, this wasn't politics. Politics can be House members and senators counting electoral votes. That could be politics. Politics can be the inauguration on January 20th. But this this is a different category. The fuck happened? I don't even know. I don't even know. Honestly, I don't even know what I was watching. I want to go back. I want to be naive. I want to be ignorant. What do they say? Ignorance is bliss. I want to not know that story. I want to not follow the news. I want to not scroll through Twitter today like I did incessantly. Just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Holy shit, was anyone else on Twitter? Are you kidding? That's a lot. It's a little extra. It's a little much. Everyone has a clever quote. Everybody has an insightful opinion. Everybody has a demand. And then, exactly nine seconds later, it is replaced with somebody else's tweet who has an even more clever comment, a more insightful statement, and a bigger demand. Shit. How many hours of my life am I going to lose to Twitter? I can't stop. How do you get off? I know they have Nicorette if you're a smoker. Do I need a Twitter patch? Nicorette is like what? A patch or some gum that still has a little nicotine? You trying to quit smoking? But if you have a little Twitter addiction, I don't even tweet. I just go on it a couple times a day. Today was ridiculous. But if I said, I want to quit, cold turkey didn't work for me. I was able to do cold turkey for about 10 days and then I stumbled. Then I lapsed. Maybe I do need the Twitter patch. Put it on the back of my neck where it just gives me a few vibrations each day to satisfy the urge. The hell am I talking about? That should be the name of this podcast. Uh, The Hell Are You Talking About? With Josh Rosenberg. The Hell Are You Talking About? Talking about an angry mob at the Capitol. This will be impossible to teach, right? This presidency? It'll be impossible to teach in a classroom. I mean, I guess you could teach it elsewhere. But in a classroom, like I said, you can condense some presidencies into a good old-fashioned 9-10 to page chapter for a high schooler. You can't. You cannot teach the Trump presidency in nine to ten pages. You can't even make sense of it. Or maybe you can. Maybe if you truly study history, 
and you study all of the many leaders and dictators throughout the world and all of the many societies that have had moments like today where an angry mob shows up at the Capitol and storms in thinking they're going to make changes. And sometimes they do make changes if you look at history. Then maybe this wasn't a big shocker today. I know a lot of people were surprised and they were shocked and they were bewildered and they were sad and totally upset. But maybe we all could have seen this coming. And maybe it's still coming. Maybe there's no detaching from this because it's just exposing the current dynamic of the nation. You know what's funny? Not everybody wants things to be exposed. You got to love that take, that hot take. Well, it's holding up a mirror to the divided country. Yeah, I don't need that mirror. We knew. We knew this two-party system got out of hand, but this has nothing to do with the parties anymore. I'd love to just say, these were angry Republicans who were supporting their president, but what the fuck, this goes way beyond that. You had a lot of Republicans today trying to detach from this, saying, no, thank you. I'm good. What would be the equivalent? Like if there was someone in my family, like if I had a cousin who committed an ugly crime, I'd have to go, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know we have the same grandparents and we got the same bloodline, but shit, that ain't me. Yeah, that ain't me. Like if you're on the right and you see that today, you might feel a little dirty. Actually, everyone feels dirty today. But there's three things going on now. It's not just the two-party system, a divided country. This ain't the North and South. This ain't right and left. I know about Democrats and I know about Republicans. That's politics. See, we could have that conversation and that's a political conversation. But today, motherfucker dressed up like a Viking came into the Capitol building and took a selfie. What? Help me out. What was their goal? Did they all wake up in the morning and think, here it is. Here's the golden opportunity. January 6th, the day we keep Trump in the Oval Office with this monumental, very effective, and successful coup. No, I mean, it fizzled in a few hours, but still, that's some big news. That, that's big. I mean, that actually is going to be in the history books. Not every little scandal. You can't fit every little scandal in the history books, but that one, yeah. That'll be on a test one day. That'll be its own documentary on HBO. There's just shitty people. It's just that simple. There's just shitty people. I know I could go on and on and on, but isn't it easy to sum it up? There's just some shitty people. How about this? I'll give you a more local example of shitty people. I'm not saying they're all criminals. Obviously, I'm not saying that. But here is what I'm saying. I see shitty people all the time. And it probably affects me for about eh, five to seven seconds where I go, ah, God, I would love to just beat the shit out of that. Okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. The sun is out. My family's healthy. Still have paychecks coming in. You know, you got to count your blessings. Even the old dog's still alive. That's a blessing. He's interrupting my flow right now, but I'm going to stay on topic. So every day, every day when I drive my daughter over to my mom's house for a little Nana daycare action, we pass by a little clothes and shoe donation bin. It's at the end of our street. It looks like a big mailbox. It says clothes and shoes donation. And someone leaned a fucking mattress against that bin. Someone broke the rules. Now, if I saw a mattress in a dumpster, I'd probably just shake my head and go, okay, it happens. But this is like a mail slot where you would put some shoes or some clothes for the needy. Charity. It's a nice charitable donation. And some motherfucker 
brought his old dirty mattress and leaned it up against the bin. <laughs> oh, that's the moment where you just go, yeah, there's some shitty people. There are some shitty people. Then they drove away like, all right, took care of that. What's next? What is next on that person's agenda? Probably steal a kid's bike. Probably going to cut somebody off on the road and give them the finger. You know, this is like the tier of people. This is like the category of people that aren't quite criminals. Like they're not like scary criminals. They're just shitty people. There's a lot of them. That's why I've come to the conclusion. The strongest institution, and this isn't like that innovative. This isn't that enlightening. But the strongest institution has to be families in this country. And it's not. I keep reading memoir after memoir of dysfunctional family. Maybe I find some of it relatable. I don't know, but I'm totally drawn to it. I'm totally drawn to these memoirs of great writers who have captured broken homes, strained relationships, substance abuse, anxiety, depression, misery, violence. And it's tough to read about these true stories, but it does create a lot of character. I mean, these people that write these books that I've been reading, it's so admirable that they can emerge and educate themselves, maybe medicate themselves, I don't know, to get through the trauma and the drama. But you realize how many families have just collapsed. And these are kids. Kids emerge out of this. And if there's no direction, like none, there's no guidance, no direction, no support, no valuing education or how to serve society in a productive way, if there's none of that coming from the home. And these kids, sad, right? Because they were all kids. They were all kids, pure, innocent, impressionable, vulnerable. And they grow up and they look at the world and they look at society and they don't see the beauty. They see the horror. And I know hurt people, hurt people is a phrase that makes sense. But holy shit, is that true? So a lot of these people that you see storming into the Capitol, is it really about your love for Donald Trump? Or is it about some trauma that you're dealing with? I don't think that's politics. I don't look at that story and go, huh, politics. We knew there was no peaceful transition of power coming. We knew that. We knew Trump would go kicking and screaming. We knew that. But wasn't today a little weird? Wasn't today a little surreal? A little bizarre? I keep struggling with that. Like, is this surprising or not? Is this expected or not? I don't know. But a lot of those people are the ones that'll lean a mattress up against the donation bin. Who's going to take your mattress, you fuck? I got another example of shitty people. I remember one year ago, I went to the final Raiders home game in Oakland. Such a dilapidated dump of a stadium. I didn't even really feel the nostalgia. I didn't feel anything special. You know, it was supposed to be like, the Raiders say goodbye to Oakland. There was none of that. There was no fanfare. Ownership just wanted to get the fuck out and go to Vegas. All right. So it wasn't like some special day in Oakland where the fans emotionally say goodbye to the Raiders. No. Most of these people are still Raiders fans, no matter where they play. They could play on Mars. True Raiders fans are just Raiders fans. But that piece of shit stadium still had troughs in the bathroom. Troughs. You don't know what a trough is? Are you that young? Or are you a woman? Because fellas, if you were going to sporting events before all of these nice new stadiums and arenas, I mean these state-of-the-art stadiums and arenas, which are intended to distract you from the action on the field or the court, they're like posh Vegas nightclubs. I mean, all these arenas are going to charge you a lot to get in, and then they will make it worth the price of admission. Well, Oakland, the Coliseum still had troughs troughs not quite filled with ice maybe they were filled with ice sometimes and then the ice melts and it's just a cesspool 
of piss and urine and cigarette butts. Oh, 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 I'm sorry to do that to you. It's an ugly visual, right? And then everybody just makes their own line. Like there's no stand here signs. You just stand as close to the next guy as you're willing to stand in front of a trough. This story is not from the 1800s. This story is from last year. Of course that stadium had to go. Actually, the A's are still playing. Holy shit, the A's are still playing there. Oh, God. Someone, someone get the A's a new ballpark. Jack London Square, let's make it happen, huh? But people are waiting in line. You're obviously going to miss a lot of the action. If you go to the bathroom at an NFL game, the men's bathroom is the biggest nightmare situation. But I guess at these new stadiums, maybe they've done something efficient to make the process go a little quicker. However, I'm in line. And I'm just watching the second quarter tick, tick, tick away. Now it's halftime and I'm just still in this line and it's not moving. And I finally get up there and it's just sweaty, drunk, belligerent men, ages, let's say 20 to 55. Sweaty, drunk, belligerent men, 20 to 55. All trying to be tough. All trying to be tough. And I finally get up to the trough. I get the courage. Oh, God, I was shaking. As I unzipped my pants. Oh, boy, I really shouldn't be here. I usually don't urinate in a trough with a bunch of scary men. But as I finally get to the trough, and I'm like, don't have stage fright. Come on, Josh, you can do this. Come on, look tough. Look tough. Show him your mean face. Some guy busts through the line. We're still talking about shitty people, by the way. Some guy just busts through the line, comes in, smoking a cigarette, screaming, fuck the Jaguars. Like, you're really that mad at the Jacksonville Jaguars? Fuck the Jaguars. And he's coming right in my direction. And he goes elbow to elbow with me. There's no room for another man at this trough. It's a weird sentence. There's no room for another man at this trough. But there wasn't. And he comes in and just pushes in whips out his member, and just ricochet pisses for about a minute and a half. That's when I left. I didn't even pee. I held it the whole game. That's when I left. Cigarette smoking, fierce pissing, drunk line cutting Raider fan. Hey, thanks. You're ruining everyone's day. You're a shitty person. Now go storm into the Capitol, tweet about it, act like you're actually helping the nation in some way, make your false claims, hate the Jaguars, lean a mattress up against a bin, and go on with your day. Go on. Go on with your day. You did it. This is going to be such a short podcast because, come on, I'm tired, and the whole topic is tiring. But I was in a good mood until... I actually was. I was in such a good mood early in the week, getting to see my new students, and I got some sharp ones. I got some bright kids in 2021. And we're all staying optimistic with vaccines, And eventually getting back to campus. Maybe in the near future, rallies and dances and sports and performances. And high fives. No, no high fives. We're done with those. I don't even like the elbow. You see a lot of people coming at you with the elbow. We don't have to do that. They think it's savvy. Hey, we're wearing masks, but uh, it's good to see you. So here's a little elbow tap. No, get the fuck away. We don't need to touch at all. Haven't we learned that? We're not touching anymore. Not touching. So I was in a good mood. You know what else makes me... Happy, the Warriors. Let's talk some sports. There's something weird about my psychological mindset when it comes to this team. 
Now, there was a large percentage of my life where the Warriors were dog shit. One of the worst teams in the NBA. And I loved him. I loved him like an ugly dog, like my ugly dog. Love him. And then something happened over the last five, six years where they became great, dominant. Steph Curry, love him. Clay, love him. Draymond, like him. KD arrives. Kevin Durant, you know, one of the top two or three players in the whole league. And then it starts to feel foreign. Just all of a sudden, you're like, wait, we are that team? Like when I watched the Bulls in the 90s. And I thought, God, there are actually some people in Chicago that get to cheer for that team. And that felt very distant. And then it happened to my team. And look at me. I didn't enjoy it. Actually, I'm curious. What's the psychology behind that? Maybe I developed my love for the team when they were no good. But I still enjoyed watching rookies progress. I enjoyed getting mad at coaches or thinking about the best trades. Like It was more of a chess game to be a fan of a bad team, a struggling team. But when your team is just great... KD, Clay, Curry, Draymond, come on. How's that fun to just expect 70 wins? And it attracts a lot of bandwagon fans, a lot of people that aren't huge Warriors fans. Then they buy the shirts and they buy all the gear and they buy the hats and they tweet the photos and they go to the games and now they go, Warriors! And you go, where were you? You know, I'm the bitter fan who goes, where were you back in the day when Mitch Richmond was traded for Billy Owens? Where were you that day? You piece of shit. Go lean a mattress against the donation bin. Go smoke a cigarette and then piss too hard against a trough. Ew. But no, there are a lot of fans who just came around. Hey, it's fun to watch. It's the top ticket in town. Warriors basketball. And now, KD is gone. He goes to the Nets. That great bench. I mean, that great bench. Livingston, David West, Barbosa. It's all gone. And Clay Thompson out for the season. It's all gone. But this team shows some life. And this team's kind of gutty. And Steve Kerr's a pretty damn good coach. And Curry is still Curry. And they got this rookie, James Wiseman. Are you still with me? And I'm texting with friends. Hey, you watching? How exciting is this? And I think some people, like the real fans, are so into this. And they have emerged. But what's up with the analysts? That's my question. It's a little much. Every game. Every game. People are reacting like it's playoff atmosphere no one's in the crowd and the team is three and three so i don't want to say the games don't matter but the games are not that indicative of what the season is going to be we don't know there's a lot of mystery we don't know but we do know one thing they're not great anymore and i love them i'm back to loving them i watch every single game i watch every single minute of every single game and when they lose it stings and i like the sting maybe there it is see we got to explore the psychology do i like the sting I mean, I love a Warriors win. I really do. I sleep with a smile. But is there something familiar about the sting? A little sting of a Warriors loss that I enjoy, that I missed? Oh, I'm exploring it right now. But when I say the analysts, they're saying nothing. These fucking people. And I guess I used to be one. So, me. I was one of these fucking people that would take any game and blow it out of proportion. You know, tonight the Warriors made a statement. And they sent a message to the league. And then the next night they lose and you go, you know, this is deplorable. That kind of effort, that that is not going to work. Then the next night they win again. See, what the Warriors did tonight opened up a lot of eyes. Here's a team with a tremendous upside. Just a bunch of vague general shit that doesn't mean much. You're just filling time. You're just filling minutes. Let's go to the phones. Everyone has their own channel. Everybody has their own vehicle to be heard. Really, when I was growing up, there was no NBA TV, MLB Network, NFL Network. There was... None of this 24 hours nonsense. I love this old man Rosenberg. 
rant. Sports used to be where you would grab the newspaper the next morning to find out the scores. And now you can look it up on the World Wide Web. But the over-analysis of every game, holy shit, as I scroll through Twitter, going through Trump, 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 pandemic, 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 Trump, 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 pandemic, 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 and now Warriors analysts going nuts after every game. Why am I doing this to myself? I need the patch. I need the back of the skull Twitter patch to wean off of this damn social media app. I don't need it. You know, one day I'll conquer it and I'll sound just nicer. I'll sound happier. I'll be a kinder soul. You'll know. I'll say, hey, welcome back. It's Here We Go with Josh Rosenberg. Did anybody see the birds today? (laughs) That was a cool formation. Wasn't that nice? Wasn't that nice? I think any edge you hear in this podcast, not to say it's edgy, but there's some moments where you hear a little edge. It's because I've been scrolling through Twitter. It evokes such a nasty feeling within me. And today was the nastiest. The nasty of the nasty. Today I couldn't stop. My finger was like a magnet to Twitter. I was like sharing one out of every 20 tweets with my wife. Hey, Shani, did you see this? There's a congressman who said, she's like, stop, put it down, put it down. Like, aren't you trying to quit? Then put down the pack of camel lights. Put it down. I'm going to put it down. That's my goal, at least tomorrow, right? Baby steps. One step at a time. All right, did we cover anything? The attempted coup at the Capitol, that's real life. Warriors are fun again. Even if they lose, I enjoy it more than dominating. Okay, someone explore that psychology. I don't know. Some people bring mattresses to donation bins. We got to that. Shitty people at the trough at the old Coliseum. I'm done. I think I'm done. I'm going to go read a memoir in bed about a dysfunctional family and enjoy every page. No wonder why my dreams are so dysfunctional. Yeah, it's a perfect word. Perfect word. All right. I think I sounded tired on this one because I am. Should have brought in a little sour mash or should have brought in some tea or should have brought in some water. I did this whole thing just almost eyes closed in sweats. I think I've been wearing the same sweats for four straight days. And I know my wife has noticed. She just hasn't said anything, but it's getting a little ripe. It's getting a little ripe. All right, peace out, folks. Let's get back on track and make 2020, 2020. Way to stumble through that uplifting exit. And let's make 2021 the best year it can be. Fuck it. All right, episode 123 is in the books. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>